You are listening to the official Acts 2 podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.acts2orlando.com. I'm probably not doing dad jokes today, but since Mindy said it, I bet one will come out. Wow, I don't think I've ever been booed from stage before. That's harsh. I, well, that's uh, fair enough, Christiana, fair enough. Okay, so uh, where's Paul? Is Paul still in the room? Hey, Paul. Guys, uh, quick, just wave at Paul. Say hi, Paul. Paul, we don't want to put you on the spot, but Paul actually is, uh, he's got one more semester at a local university, Stetson University. I used to work there. Um, he's going back to, I believe, Beijing. Hopefully I got that right, Yep. And uh, so I just want to bless you real quick. So one, I have a, a T-shirt for you. So Andrew, if you could take that back to him. And uh, yeah, give, him a, give him a hand. Yeah, that's Acts 2. That way you can remember us. And uh, yeah. But Paul, I did have just a, a quick word for you. And just uh, the Lord loves your gentle heart and wants to encourage you with that. That everywhere you go, you bring peace. You are like peace personified. And the just Holy Spirit just dwells and, and rests on you. And so thank you for coming to the U.S., sharing your gifts, and, and we're glad that you were here. Thanks for visiting us at Acts 2. But uh, just continue to go in peace and, and know that God is with you every step. Cool? Amen. All right. And now i got to find my talk for today. Don't you love that? <clears throat> so I do have um, another fun one, but I haven't decided, or God hasn't decided who it goes to yet, so... Get ready. Someone's going to get it. Yeah. Okay. Um, anybody like Chinese food? What a fun way to start. I love Asian food. Sometimes I feel like I probably should have been born Asian. Like I had an aunt who used to give me bags of rice as a kid, like for my birthday. I'm not making this up. It was like true story because she knew that I liked rice. I was also a swimmer, so I liked carbs, you know, um, which also explains the haircut because everyone's like, were you a Marine? I'm like, swimmer. Um, sorry, but yeah, I do, do love the military. So I saw this uh, fortune cookie, little Chinese proverb. It's not a real Chinese proverb. It's just one that goes in a fortune cookie. But it says, you know, may you live in interesting times. So the first thing is, as kids, interesting means something different than it does to adults. What does interesting mean to adults? Usually not good, right? Interesting is usually kind of like, like, how was it tonight? Like, interesting? <laughs> <laughs> and then you wait for it to get unpacked. So as, as I read that fortune cookie, I was like, may you live in interesting times. Like, well, we're doing that. You know, pandemics and hurricanes and elections and riots and lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. So the, these crazy things are, are happening. But um, it, it reminds me of a T-shirt that I saw. Some guy had, it said uh, 2020. It had five stars. Only one of them was filled in. And below it said, would not recommend. <laughs> what a weird perspective. I'm going to step on some toes here. So when you think about this, it's always our perception of what's happening. What is the saying? Like 90% of what happens to you is your perception. The other 10 is like actually what happened, and maybe the percents are off. Although I have heard about 65.7% of all stats online are made up. So could be, could be. Um, but think about this. So when things are going right the way we perceive that they should be going right, we thank God and we move on, and the rest of it we just enjoy and kind of forget about them. And when things are not going the way we expect them to, i.e. riots and pandemics and everything else that's happening in our lives, um, one, it's good. We spend a lot more time focusing on the Lord, but almost always it's like this latent accusation of why are you doing this? Why are you allowing this to happen? 
as if it was our God who did this to you. Like I said, I'm stepping on some toes. Sorry, just felt like the need to, to say that. Um, kind of an interesting perspective. So last week, Andrew preached on one of my favorite scriptures, which is the, the first Thessalonians. I always have the hardest time saying that. Thessalonians 5. And, you know, let joy be your continual feast. That's what we're supposed to feed on, right? Joy is a fruit of the spirit. That's what we eat on. We eat fruit, right? We get to experience the fruit. So what are you joyful for? Let's start there. Shout it out. What are you guys joyful for? How about family? Anybody joyful or maybe thankful for like their health and immune system that works? You know, how about, uh, hey, we've got spiritual gifts. We know how to prophesy. We know how to, you know, speak in tongues. We know how to raise the dead. If Andrew Jesse were in here, we could say, we know how to open deaf ears. Because it's been done out of this house. Yeah, these are things we should be joyful for. So this little perception change, some fun things to think about. You guys still love me? Sorry. Okay, cool. That was not my message. I just felt kind of compelled to say some things. All right, cool, moving on. So a um, little bonus up front. So the, the message I do want to bring today is one from Peter. And I know a lot of you guys like Peter. Um, you know, the dude was uh, courageous, adventuresome. He was passionate almost to a fault, right? Um, you know, pretty, pretty cool guy. When, so while I am a little bit more akin to my namesake, and I heard Lucia just found out what my real name is. Does everybody know? Yeah, see? Yeah, I'm actually the third, so my parents nicknamed me Jay ahead of time, but it's John. And John means grace. And so I've always sort of identified with a lot of what I've learned in his writings. And Peter is just a bit too, like, loud. But um, I really want to hit on this today. In fact, I want to take a quick aside here and teach. You guys good with that? Because one of the things that... Um, actually, I've got a whole bunch of stories and crazy stuff going through my mind, so bear with me here. But we were into uh, Target last week after service and just happened to bump into the Karangis. And I was sharing with, uh, with Laura there that I loved the testimony that she shared when we had the missions night. Because so often we're like, I don't ever want to do that. And then God grips you and you're doing that. You don't realize it. No joke. I told a local pastor, associate pastor years ago, Rowan knows who I'm talking about, Bill. Um, like, I don't know how you do what you do. I never want to be a pastor. That's just, how do you put up with that? So I don't want to do that. And guess what? God grabbed my heart and, and I'm doing it and, and I love it. But sometimes you wonder like, okay, how do messages come to those who speak? What do they do? Do they log online and go like hotgod.com and get you know, the, the weekly message, you know? No, that, that's not it. And you know what? Honestly, it does come different ways. And there are times that you know, the Lord is moving in a very specific topic or theme and, and you're just going to go with that. Sometimes it's very personal to you. He's really you know, shaped you with some revelation you want to share. And this time I'm just asking the Lord, okay, what do you want me to share? And I started hearing all these scriptures and I started to write them all down. Actually, if you know me, I didn't write them. I actually typed them all down because I can't read my handwriting. So I typed them all down. And as I was doing that, he hit on one. And it came from a, a part of a song that I'd heard years ago. And it sort of gripped me in a way that was kind of like cringeworthy. And, and the song would sing, I want to be holy as you are holy and I want to be righteous as you are righteous. Some of you may know that song. And it comes from a place of believing you're not. And so I felt like the Lord's like, hey, we're going to hit on that today. So 1 Peter 1, 13 to 16, Passion Translation, boom. All right, this is home base. This is where we're going to be all day. I may jump off, but we're coming back. Cool? Off back. All right, cool. So let's read this. 
Verse 13, so then prepare your hearts and minds for action. Stay alert and fix your hope firmly on the marvelous grace that is coming to you. For when Jesus Christ is unveiled, a greater measure of grace will be released to you. As God's obedient children, never again shape your lives by the desires that you followed when you didn't know any better. Instead, shape your lives to become like the Holy One who called you. For scripture says you are to be holy because I am holy. There's a lot to unpack there. But it was that last line that gripped me. And so we're going to dissect this into uh, a couple different pieces here, talk about it, and uh, see where we go. Does that sound good? Awesome. 13A, prepare your hearts and minds for action. Action? Hmm. Okay. Well, Peter was not one to sit idly by, was he? So dude who cut off Malchus's ear said, Jesus, if you bid me, I will come out on the water. Right, the one who said, I will follow you even unto, the, uh, even unto death. Matthew and John's Gospels both account that. Um, so we know that Peter was, he was ready to go, right? You know, I think we can all agree that um, he was ready for action. The coolest thing, though, and I'm not going to spend time here, but it's a neat little revelation, is that if you watch Peter's actions and his preparation for action, it was almost very soulish before Pentecost and almost very spirit-filled after Pentecost. You do see a different a definite difference between the two. Does that make sense? So it's kind of neat. As we experience Holy Spirit, you know, we're, we're then thrust into things in a, in a godly sense. So um, the first time that ever happened to me, and again, I'm going to share a bunch of examples. Some are teaching, so I want to demystify some things, but also give you examples of how things can happen. Okay, so kind of a new Christian. Honestly, I didn't even know about the spiritual gifts at this point. This was 20 years ago-ish. Um, at a friend's house, and he has to babysit his nephew, who's, I don't know, like eight, seven, eight, something like that. And we're just, we're a couple of guys, we're having some pizza, and this kid is annoying as all get out. Like, really annoying. And, you know, we're actually, you know, the cool thing is we're believers, you know, so we're talking Jesus stuff and business stuff, and this kid gets up on the couch and starts, no joke, like kind of slithering at us and hissing at us. Out of nowhere, I don't know where this came from, I do now, but at the time, I just went, Satan, down! The kid hit the floor, started moaning and wailing. We all went, ah, and ran out. <laughs> Not a really great response for me, was it? So I was talking to kind of a spiritual mentor at the time. He's like, did you pray for the guy? What did you do? And I was like, I ran out. <laughs> you know, I screamed like a girl and I win. Like, I don't know what to do. But here's the thing. It's like, this just came out. And when you're sensitive to Holy Spirit, things like that just start to happen, start to come out, which is kind of cool. Um, did I ever plan to do something like that? No. But the point is, it's preparation for action. Does that make sense? Okay. So he tells his readers to prepare, to be ready for action. So it's, it's not always doing, it's being prepared. It's being ready in season and out of season. You guys have heard that, 2 Timothy 4.2, right? Well, what does that look like? That means when the time comes, you are prepared. You have something going on inside of you that you're ready to give and to share, okay? Uh, we even know in heaven from the book of Revelation that the trees bear fruit all the time. There's basically no season. You don't have to wait for in season and out of season. They're constantly bearing fruit. But he separates hearts and minds. You know, I loved worship this morning, loved hearing you know, what Cody was, was saying about um, you know, just being able in, in, in Psalm 27, 4, the one thing, you know, it's an active thing. The one thing that I seek. It's not the one thing that I sit by and watch. It's the one thing that I seek. 
you know? It's focusing our hearts on him. You know, and it's neat because the, the hearts and the minds kind of go together. You've got the logos and the rhema, right? The, the written word and the revealed word, they come together. They have to work together. This is the same thing, your heart and your mind. So again, hearts, it's, you know, we can't love unless we understand that he first loved us. That's how we love. Making sense, right? We're good? Okay, okay. Um, I heard Mike Bickle say this probably 15 or more years ago, you know, and, and we've heard it since, but lovers will outwork workers. It's so true, right? We can be working our butts off, but at some point we get tired of burnout, and, and I'll be the first to tell you, like, I operate on appreciation, and, and there are times where if I don't feel appreciated, I will get burnt out very quickly if I don't realize that I'm working for the Lord and not for people. Yeah. In the Old Testament, it says, I will take your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Guys, I'm so, t- not here, but I'm so tired of hearing believers say like, oh, Lord, just, just give me a heart of flesh. If you have Holy Spirit, you already got one, you know. So just enjoy that. You have the heart of flesh. You've got Holy Spirit. In the mind, it's about learning to count the cost, learning to understand and to train and to really have the mind of Christ. It's taking every thought captive that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. All right? So another quick aside here. I don't always count on this, but there are times, like some people will start to feel like tinglys in the finger when they know God's moving. You know, I will get attacked. This morning in the shower, those of you who know, and I think Andrew's even poked some fun here, and I love it. I am one of those guys, like, I love the shower. I feel God when I'm in the bathroom. Okay, I know, bizarre thing to say, but hey, you know. And in the shower, I've got prophecies from people over my wife and myself, uh, scriptures, quotes, other things in like in plastic sleeves taped so it doesn't get all gross and yucky, but then just like around the walls. So no matter which direction I'm at, I can just, and I don't read it all at one time. My wife, when I first did it, she's like, why did you, you're going to read that every time? I'm like, no, no. I pick a line and I meditate on the line, but it's there. So I'm in there today and suddenly I'm hearing like all this self-sabotaging, anti-relationship, like mean stuff coming at me until I realize, okay, whoa, time out. This is not from God. Where's this coming from? You know, and, and some of you know, but like my dad's in the hospital right now. And you ever notice how like stuff always hits it once? You know, it's like, okay, you got family health problems. My best friend's coming into town. We've got a whole bunch planned. And I'm speaking this weekend. I want to be prepared for that. But by the grace of God, it always works out. Why worry? Plus, I have row. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I would be so screwed. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> Love you. Oh, but it's hearts and minds. Um, you have to be active in your pursuit of Christ to be ready. So it, it's not a formal process, but you can start formally. Yes, you know, um, for me, I like to catalog everything. I've got binders of dreams that have been interpreted. I've got binders of our prophecies. I've got the family book of remembrance. And we, we add to these things when we go through it. Um, again, as God was giving me scriptures, I'm typing them all out to see what is the theme. I'm looking for the pattern. What does he want to say? You know, and, and kind of get to that. So I'm learning to listen and to, uh, to spend time with him. Um, you can go to school. I mean, I've been through a whole bunch of ministry programs, an ordination program, all of that, but it's for service in the local church. It's not for me to stay there. It's for me to be active and do what I can to serve those that I'm around and here with. Right? Does that make sense? So yeah, start there. That's great. But 
you need to kind of to move on and start to, um, let me phrase it this way. Getting your needs met is the shallow end of the spiritual pool. Getting your needs met is the shallow end of the spiritual pool. Learning to rely on him regardless of what's going on, that's the deep end. And that's where we want to get, right? Okay. So I've shared this example before. Actually, I've got a couple things I want to share real quick here. Um, The first one is, uh, um, I think some of you all, hopefully you guys know who John Paul Jackson is. We were a part of Stream's ministry for a number of years, and I've listened to like a ton of his teachings and trainings. And one of the coolest things that he taught on once, because it's like to me, it's like spiritual secrets nobody talks about. Why not? I, w- I want to hear these things. And he actually broke down the difference between fortune tellers and prophets. I mean, we all poke fun of it, like you know, fortune telling place goes out of business. You're like, didn't they see it coming? You know, <laughs> right? There's your dad joke, Mindy. Um, <laughs> that was just for you, um, but. What's going on? How come they can do kind of what they're doing? Well, here's the thing. God gives gifts. The gifts are without repentance. He does not take them away. If he's given you a gift, you have a gift. These people have a gift. They're just not tuned into the right channel. So antennas are up. They're receiving. It's, it's like the garden. You have the tree of life, and you've got the tree of the knowledge or information of good and evil. They're tuned into the infomercial not God's Marshall, okay? That's kind of the difference. So they're still hearing stuff. That's why. And the whole goal then is, hey, how can we work with people and help them understand this is a gift from God that you have and help them develop it, okay? Does that make sense? All right, so relating to hearing from God and spending time and and being prepared because you don't know when things are going to happen. I shared the other example with the kid. Um, One of the earliest examples that I can remember of just... When you're sensitive to the spirit, you just kind of act out, okay? Uh, You hear them, and then you follow it. You have to risk. You have to do something that's wildly uncomfortable. I've shared it here before. I want to share it again because it makes such a great point. Who remembers Albertsons? Like six of you, okay? Uh, It's a grocery store we used to have. Big chain. So I'm coming home from work one day. This is, by the way, just a couple weeks after I spent a week through the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. They'd come two years in a row at uh, OHOP. The first year I went to a little bit of it, was like, should have been there for the whole thing. Oh my goodness. Went back the next year, soaked everything in, activated every time I could. It was so cool. And again, to catalog things, I came out of that. I'm going to talk to two people a day. That was kind of my goal. Whatever it was, going to pray for them, encourage them, didn't matter. But I wanted to get in a habit. You know, 21 days to make or break a habit, so I'm getting into a habit. So that way you don't know when stuff's going to happen. So I have to get creamer. That's all I have to get. Get out of the car. As I'm walking into Albertson's, there's a Coldwell Banker place right next to it. And there's this cute old lady just kind of like leaned over. She's singing gospel hymns, looking at the houses. And I just remember like, that's a really cute scene, you know, just looking at it. Go in, get the creamer. And then as I'm kind of walking up, I see a flower display. I'm like, I'm going to get flowers for my wife, my daughters. This, you know, I, I love to bless them. You know, here's a tip. Like people really appreciate things when they're not expecting it. When they are, it's kind of like, cool, you remembered. But when you're doing stuff out of the ordinary, this is for all the guys, by the way. Take, I don't see pens writing or phone. Come on, guys. Um, so I was going to you know, get flowers for them. Got them, walked out, got to the car, turned the car on. And at that very moment, I heard loud and clear, those flowers are for that woman. And I was like, what? <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Okay. Turn the car off, get the flowers. And now I'm like panicked. What am I going to say? 
And I got up there, and here's the cool thing. It doesn't matter. God will give you the right words to say. And so as soon as I got up there without a clue, I just said, hi, you don't know me. I, I basically, the gist was, um, God told me these flowers are for you. That's all I got out. She pushed him out of the way, pulled me in for a hug, and did not let go. Awkwardly did not let go. <laughs> we're, we're talking like well over a minute. Like 15 seconds is awkward. Okay, so when you're, at this point, you're just kind of like looking at people, they're watching you, like, yeah, it was, it was really awkward. But I know something happened there. There was a transfer of something. I don't know what it was. I have an idea, but it was a really neat thing. It turned out she was a believer too, and uh, it was cool. I could just walk away. This is what it looks like when you are ready for action. You don't know when it's going to happen. You're just ready. You've prepared your heart and your mind. We good? We tracking? All right, cool. Uh, may I also recommend to you to bring people alongside and show them how to be ready for action. This is discipleship. So me speaking today, teaching you some of these things a little bit, but here's a better example is, um, you know, bring people along and, and start to share with them, um, like, what's going on in their lives. You know, more is caught than taught. I think we know that. When you see somebody do something, you, you kind of know what it's like. So um, three quick examples here. We had our Kingdom Culture Weekend, and we're out. I loved hearing the examples, like when the McGee's are out doing different things, the, the whole art ministry group. Uh, in our small group, we had Tom. Everybody wave at Tom. Hi, Tom. Yeah, I love the Olmstead family. You guys are amazing. Um, and uh, myself and Lily and JB. That's our, our little mini group. So we got to the farmer's market first, and I'm just finding people. And he texts like, hey, I'm here. And so we went, we had lunch, we prayed over our server, and you went and found somebody else in the restaurant, and then we walked out, and now we're talking to other people in the farmer's market. But he was given his testimony later, and he said something. It was one of the best compliments I've ever gotten, Tom, so thank you. He described me with a word, actually, I had to look up. Um, it was called alacrity, and it was exuberant readiness or joyful readiness to take action. That's it. That's what it looks like. I'm ready to go. One, thank you. But it's, that's what it should look like. You know, I see that in my family. You know, the older ones looking out for the younger ones. Here's how you do this. Here's how you do dishes. Here's how you clean up stuff. Um, you know, those kind of things. You know, my, uh, our, our daughter Holiday is probably the best at it. It's so much fun to see and to watch her do that, to bring people alongside. Uh, a guy from work, Rob Thomas, he's... Um, well, you know, one of my best friends, he's a, a you know, ministry background, exceptional business leader. Like people bring him in to teach and train on leadership, speak to hundreds of people. And every team he's ever had loves him. I mean, he'll work you hard, but he understands each person as an individual and brings them along. And, and these are the kind of people you want to be around because when you start to get around them, you understand like they see you and what you carry and, and how you grow and can help you with that. I've watched him pull people alongside and like as a player coach. And what I mean by that is it's somebody who's not just going to command and control. Here's what you do. But it's okay. Show me what you're doing. What motivates you? How can I help you achieve your goals? And it's done with such sincerity, it'll blow you away. It's kind of funny because Rob and I are a lot alike in that, um, in that approach. But is um, a quick, funny side story. You know, we were having coffee last year and you know, he said to me, he's like, you know, when I first met you five years ago, he's like, honestly, I thought you were kind of fake. Nobody could be that happy, that positive all the time. And he's like, but, you know, 
I got to know you and I realized you're one of the most genuine people I've ever met. And he's like, literally, it's like the, the John the Baptist in the womb moment. It's like, when I see you, my spirit leaps. And I was like, that's so cool. That's what I want from people is that God's presence, they're feeling that, right? That's being ready for action that you, you've got that. You, you, you prepared your heart and your mind. Okay. 13B, stay alert and fix your hope firmly on the marvelous grace that is coming to you. For when Jesus Christ is unveiled, a greater measure of grace will be released to you. Dude, I can, well, and dudettes, sorry, I don't want to exclude all y'all if you're Southern. I can sit here all day and drink from this verse. That sounds more like John than it does Peter. But even still, he's calling us to focus on what's important. Jesus's marvelous grace and it comes to you. And when we see that with every moment we spend with Jesus, you know, fixed upon him, it, it seems like more grace is being released. Is it? No. It's already there. We already have it. But we're becoming aware of it. We're learning what's available. And as you look more and more and more upon him and spend time with him, it becomes more apparent, right? So, you know, he's writing to the Jews who are beginning to believe in Jesus, and, and he, he's writing in a way for them to know that there's so much more available in him and with him. So, and again, you know, as you do this, you want to be intentional and be encouraging others. Show them, build them up. Um, one of the best examples I've seen here was Andrew Jesse. So, you know, we had a, a good friend that my sister had sort of like helped to um, uh, just really befriend and, and mentor in a way, like a woman twice her age, okay, at, at our MMA gym. And then I've been able to, you know, minister to her. Actually, you know, her wrist was healed, which was really cool. She'd never felt the presence of God, felt it. But she's here, and Andrew's healing somebody, and he started looking around. This was the coolest moment as, a, as an associate pastor to, like, see. It's like, I'm over here, and I see Andrew about ready to pray. He stops. He starts looking around, and he points to people and says, come over here. You're going to heal him. And he showed him how to do it. Oh, come on. And he's teaching over there with the kids. What? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Parents, if you have kids in the toddler room, they're about to get whacked in Holy Spirit. They're going to come out of there like tongue-talking, fire-breathing. It's get ready. Get, get ready. It's, oh, it's going to be so good. Um, kind of relating to this, I want to break something else down here. A lot of people are competitive. Okay? Now, I enjoy competition. I was a swimmer. Again, uh, I like to win. I, mean, I, I won a global sales contest uh, for delivering a pitch. It was kind of cool, you know, and it was neat because I got to honor God. I saw something interesting in that, in that, you know, those that I know are believers, many were congratulating me. Hey, you did so awesome. It was really great. And a few other people, it took them several days to talk to me again. Wow. Really? I thought we were friends. Um, here's, let me, let me offer it this way. If you're calling yourself a Christian, you, a Jesus believer, a follower of the way, um, you're to encourage and to exhort. We inspire, the world competes, right? So it's okay if others win. That's good sportsmanship, right? So if they win, you're congratulating them. How'd you do it? I want to learn. I want to grow. You know, that's really awesome, you know? Yeah. Um, the thing that kind of hit home scripturally for me, this is one of those like jumping off home base and then I'll come back. Even Paul 
didn't care. It was in Philippians 1, 15 to 18. He's like, look, there are those that are preaching against me, but they're still preaching Jesus, and I don't care as long as the gospel gets preached. Who cares? So here's the thing. You know, we see the elders casting their crowns. Well, who's putting the crown on their head? Who's putting the crown on your head? When you have success in business and work as a parent in ministry, whatever you're doing, if you have success parking a car in some of these lots, takes Jesus, I know that, right? Who's putting the crown on your head? Jesus is. Cast it down. Thank you, Lord. And now you've got room for another. And it just keeps happening. It just keeps happening. But I love that Paul didn't even care. I don't know that I would be that resolute as he was, but that's really cool. Um, what I have seen, and I love watching some of the leadership here do, is just be vulnerable with it. Being able to say, like, hey, I'm going to risk it. This is going to be new for me. I've never done this. Or I might get it wrong. These are real things. You know, I mean, when I see Andrew up here, uh, especially when we first started coming years ago, it's almost like this, oh, the man of God. Dude is so real. It's awesome. Yeah. So just be vulnerable. It's amazing how much freedom you get when you share what's scary to you, what's hurt you. You know, you don't want to live there, but so that people understand you. And then you're giving them freedom as well to be vulnerable. You're setting everybody free when you are. Does that make sense? Cool. You know, and that also is discipleship. Vulnerability is. As God's obedient children, never again shape your lives by the desires that you followed when you didn't know any better. Instead, shape your lives to, um, yeah, to become like the Holy One who called you. For Scripture says, you are to be holy because I am holy. The first part I get, imitate Jesus, be like him. You've gotten grace. You don't need to do that stuff anymore. You, you basically know better. I understand all that. And what I got hung up on was the be holy as I am holy. But how can you be holy by doing? This kind of always perplexed me. Um, candidly, I feel like the rich young ruler who's like, I've done all these things. What else do I need to do to earn eternal life? That, that's kind of how I feel when I would read that scripture. And then honestly, when I would hear that song, well, what's the percentage? Um, 85%, am I close enough? How do I judge the rest of it? Is there 100%? I don't know. That's kind of what I would wonder. I think I've done it. Maybe I haven't. But the verse actually comes that, that Peter's quoting. It comes from Leviticus Everybody loves Leviticus, right? <laughs> I'm in it all night, man. Uh, verse 11:44, and this is what it reads, because I love to read things in context. For I am the Lord your God. You must consecrate yourselves and be holy, because I am holy. So do not defile yourselves with any of these small animals that scurry along the ground. Okay. Yep. Squirrel. Just kidding. <laughs> so now we see the difference between the old and the new covenant. Back then, they had to cleanse themselves. We have Jesus. Big, big difference. And, and the difference then is, it was a command. You are to be holy as I am holy. And now it's actually a benediction. You are holy because I am holy. He's blessing you with that line. I'd never read it that way before. And when the light bulb went off, I was like, ah, that's really cool. Yeah. Put another way, I have freed you to live holy lives. Just see it that way now. You're not apart from me. You're in me, says Jesus. So here's what I want you to walk away with. Three things. Those of you who are note takers, bullet point people, that's me. 
Here are your three things. We're going to keep it nice, simple, and short. This isn't a passive spectator sport. This is engaging and intentional. Yep. Put the popcorn down. Share the good news. What's the good news? Jesus is the good news. Start with sharing what he's done in your life that's good. I guarantee you, you can come up with a few things. Start to share that with people. And make it matter of fact. That's the easiest way to do it. That way you don't feel pressure. You know, it'd be like, oh, Andrew, dude, you would never believe God did the coolest thing today in my life. And you share that thing. And that gets you in the habit of just sharing it. Well, how do you disciple this and others? Start asking them, hey, what's God done lately in your life? Tell me something. Tell me a cool testimony. Tell me a cool story. And get them in the habit of sharing as well. Now you're sharing the goodness of God back and forth. Really cool stuff. Um, it, it's so easy. The other thing I love to do, if you've ever been in one of my meetings, I love to ask people who would like to pray. And what happens usually? <laughs> Every head goes down. But I love the brave soul who says, I will. Why? They are the ones who are going to step out risk and say, I'm ready to activate myself in Jesus. Here we go. I'm bringing you all along with me. If you ever have the opportunity to pray, do it. Even if you have no idea what to say and you're deathly afraid thinking it's going to sound terrible, it doesn't matter. You've just activated yourself and will come away feeling great because you're the one who's basically interceding for everybody there. You're the one who's having that direct communication. Sound good? Okay, cool. Um, let's see here. That was one. This isn't a passive spectator sport. It's engaging and intentional. Two, this requires focus. But it's not focus on ourselves. It's a focus on him, his grace, what he's already done. You know, 2 Corinthians 3.18, the behold and become principle. As you behold him, you become more like him, right? And it's because you're, you know, what, what's been there is being unveiled. You're seeing more that's available to you. It's what he's already done. Uh, and it's such a good thing. Such a good thing. Okay, number one again, this isn't a passive spectator sport. It's engaging and intentional. Two, this requires focus. And the third one, holiness has been bestowed to you through Jesus. You've already been blessed, and nearly just, you just need to understand who you are in Christ. You know, shake off the lies. That's what I had to do in the shower. Just kind of kick that stuff out and be like, hey, you're not welcome here. Satan, go. These are lies. If you don't know how to do this, or you've heard the phrase, just laugh at that lie. Has anybody heard that phrase? Steve and Wendy Backlund, some of the, the, the coolest people I've ever learned from. You know, we got to meet them and, and see them when we were in Ohio. Um, they're part of Bethel, but run their own uh, ministry. I can't remember the name of their ministry, but Steve and Wendy Backlund, fantastic. Uh, a lot of their talks and their books really gauge around that because when we believe lies and even speak them internally or sometimes out loud, you're agreeing with the enemy. This is not God's view of you, right? Again, he's the unchanging one. Thank God he's the unchanging one. And, and a core tenet here is God is good. He, he's not condemning. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you're in Jesus, there's no condemnation, right? Learn to get rid of the lives and see you, see yourself the way Jesus sees you. That's the key. That makes sense? You guys get all your notes. All right, cool. I want to close with a quick story, but I'm still looking to see who, who I want to give this to. So I've got a, a book hot off the presses. And what's even more fun is um, I have it signed by the author. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. So here's a story. Um, and this is always a fun one, too, because if any NCIS fans, it's kind of like a guilty pleasure. Okay, so... 
Gibbs rule, I think it's 39, there is no such thing as a coincidence. And we know from Bill Johnson that coincidence is the language of Holy Spirit, right? Um, So, you know, a good friend of mine, he's like, oh, dude, you need to hear the CD. Uh, Young people, that's like when an MP3 was on a plastic disc. (laughs) So he, uh, he's, you know, gives me, I know, like, ah, I've been wondering. So he gives me this, and here's what I love. He had it mislabeled. He gave me the wrong one. But boy, was it the right one I needed to hear, right? Yeah. So this is early on when pastors and preachers were just starting to explain what grace really was. And he gave me a Joseph Prince CD. I had never heard this before. And I was like, oh. So I went to go talk to the guy. He's like, oh, I gave you the wrong one. I'm like, no, 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 this is good. I had never heard anybody speak like that before. You, you typically hear the, uh, the thumping and the hellfire and brimstone. And yeah, there's a little bit of love mixed in, but I'd never heard anybody preach on grace. And that just, oh, it set me free. There was a really neat story that I remember from in there. And I can't remember who he was talking about. But the gist was there was this female minister. And, you know, she was divorced and, and had remarried. And she happened to be like in a drugstore or something like that. And, and the gist of the story was, that um, she's in an aisle and some woman came up and accused her of being an adulterer because she was divorced and remarried. It's like, you should not be a minister. And her response was, that never happened. In, in this fleshly side, yeah, it really did. Okay? But she was so wrapped up in, her, in, in, in the view that Jesus had of her then it was like it never happened. I mean, either scripture says, I've separated you from your sin as far as the east is from the west, or it doesn't. You don't get to choose. You do get to choose how you view it. Right? Okay. So when I heard that story, I was just like completely set free. And when I've had encounters with Jesus, one of the first things he showed me was the book of my life where like there was no junk in it. And I'm looking at him like, what's up? And he's like, this is how I see you. And I want to bless you guys with that too. This is how he sees you without blemish or blame. Jesus took it all. All of it. You don't have to carry it. Stop. Put it down. Lighten up. <laughs> Speaking to myself right now. <laughs> mm. Stand up, guys. I want to pray over you. Mm. Oh. Jesus, I thank you so much for Holy Spirit and for the great things you're doing in our lives. I thank you for this awesome body of believers and what you've begun here through Andrew and Jocelyn and their family. I thank you for the leadership that you've pulled around them and the body that's stepping up right now to do so much and to to, to be a witness in the community. And Jesus, I just speak a greater revelation of you in their lives today, every day, as they walk forward, as they move. I thank you for what you're doing in them how you continue to grow them and to bless them. Yeah, Lord, let your light shine so brightly through them that they realize it and others are impacted, that they would have those amazing experiences and just be able to share your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So, all right, Jonathan Mary, this is for you guys. This is who I have. So he knew it. All right, this guy's prophetic, yeah. So this is uh, R.T. Kendall's new book. Um, It is called We've Never Been This Way Before, Trusting God in Unprecedented Times. Oh, gosh, she's got skills. (laughs) Love it, love it. Man, all right, pass it to Andrew. Here you go.
Oh, it's so great, Jay. Um, normally, I wouldn't even step up here, but come on, bless him really good. I really felt like, there at the end, I really felt like Holy Spirit was like, just in a moment, right at the end, I could feel Holy Spirit saying, this is what people need right now. This end of the striving kind of thing. And if you know us, you know that we're, we're, we're big on finished work of the cross and resting in Christ. Yeah. But I feel like when you said that, Jay, I felt like there was just some struggling going on in some minds this morning that are dealing with that, still trying to make themselves be holy instead of coming back to a place of living from a place of who he is inside of us that is projecting out from us. So if we have some of our prayer team that can just pray with people today, that would be great. Just go ahead and come up here. You know who you are. Um, And if that's you, let me encourage you with this, guys. The church is more than just this 1030 to 12 whatever we are when we get out of here, okay? Okay, it's way, way more than that. As a matter of fact, philosophically, I believe the church happens more outside of this building than it does inside the building. This is the celebration of who we are. But I don't want people to get away without getting somebody to just come into agreement with them and see any kind of lies of the enemy, any kind of flybys you're getting in thoughts um, about performance, about religion, about taking care of, you got to make things look right, that that needs to come to an end because you know we can't do it, right? Just to come back to a place of believing in him. So if that's you, just get your way up here. We're going to close, but get your way up here and let somebody pray for you before we get out. Amen? Amen. Lord bless you all. Thank you for listening to the Acts 2 podcast. Love God, love people, and live life.